0: My name is my my, 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 my my dark dark dark, and I am Richard Wag Wagner. We're back.
1: Don't as we say or no one gets hurt.
0: Okay, there's the new theme, Richard. What do you yeah. think? It's what? like a Sounder
2: intro, yeah.
0: What do you think? You think that? Yeah, I like it. You know, like it. we have to uh, give credit to uh, the last theme that we had which was done by Jay gabriel and i'm thinking maybe next week because this doesn't have a bed with it maybe right. i'll take the other theme and edit it into this theme so that we got a combination of the well, be two be cool We'll we'll see but we're also still looking for other themes for radio waves So if you've got royalty
2: free. uh, Yeah,
0: royalty free, we got no money. So, you know, (laughs) send us your royalty free opening for radio waves. All right, we've got a great show today. And as a way of introducing it, we're going to play you a little clip of the gentleman that uh, we're going to be honoring today.
3: I am truly delighted to have on the line the President of the United States.
0: Hello, Michael. How are you? You know, you and I have been talking for eight years now.
3: Um, Mr. President, what will you miss?
0: By far, I will miss the work the most.
3: No history of Hollywood could possibly fail to include Betty Davis. Welcome, ma'am. I'm honored to have you here.
1: Well, I'm honored to be here.
3: I... And radio is my fondest medium. Colonel Sanders.
1: Uh, Hi, Michael.
3: Do you prefer the regular or the crunchy?
1: I don't know anything much about Christmas or regularly what I
3: would go. Our guest, Walter Cronkite. On television, the reporter is shown he can ask a dumb question, and you see him asking a dumb question. That's true, and I think that's one of the reasons that we have a a little problem with uh, the people's concept of what news gathering is. Our guest is Gloria Swanson. Yes. You played the washed-up movie queen in -hmm. in Sunset Boulevard, Mm -hmm. and I think most people watching it thought, that's her. Yes. That's how she really it's, is. It's really, I suppose they thought I had somebody floating face down in the pool too. Our in studio guest, the former governor of the state of California, Ronald Reagan. I feel just as strongly as I always did that government is not the answer to the problems. Government is the problem. Think of the great films of, of Jimmy Stewart. There are so many that come. Mister Stewart, how significant in your career was Frank Capra? Oh, he—he—he he, he was just one old day one of the real guiding inspirations of my career as an actor. How do you describe uh, Lucy Ball? Is it a clown? Is it a comic? Is it an actress? How do you describe Lucy Ball? I've never been asked that, I don't think. Uh, I don't know what you call me. I I specialize in nothing, so, like I say, I had to be a star. (laughs) Because I couldn't do anything. Tennessee Williams, that great playwright. Mr. Williams, it was, what, Glass Menagerie that made you an instant success? I I believed it at the time. I was very depressed uh, over the loss of uh, obscurity. (laughs) Our guest is Ray Charles. Well, good morning, Michael. Uh, When people call you a a cornerstone of music or a legend in your own time, how do you feel about that? I tell you, I think it's more than a great compliment. You know, when you say it to me, uh, you're understand and, and when I when I listen to your show as long as I have, and the great guest that you have, and the way that you handle everybody, it says the same thing. So, so you know, I appreciate the, you know the I professionalism both ways. If ever, ever was there was the Wizard of Oz is one because because because, because our guest because is the one and only Ray Bolger, Scarecrow. Is it not true, sir, that they wanted Shirley Temple for the part? Not my part. No, no, no.
0: All right, Michael Jackson, one of the best, right, Richard? He's the best. And that is your column this week. It's completely uh, dedicated to Michael Jackson. And our podcast this week, we are fortunate enough to have the gentleman that's spent the last, I think, 40 years, right, Lyle?
4: Yes, with 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 Michael Robin Jackson and the Jackson family. Yes. Wow, forty years he's been yeah. uh, producing his show, his his his
0: uh, radio stuff. Um, I met Lyle years and years ago when he first started at KABC. There were actually producers before Lyle, believe it or not, but <laughs> Lyle uh, was there for the for a good portion of his time at KABC,
4: and we're happy to have you on. Thanks for joining us Lyle welcome Lyle oh it's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you both Mike and Richard and here as I like to say upon uh, uh, ever more powerful frequency out in the universe that re- where Mike will now broadcast and still broadcast forever in each of our hearts uh, especially, uh, especially 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 Mike you know those of us who were in his orbit, uh here on this earth and i do like to, to to start with that it's uh it's uh we we all grew up there in in that uh, university with our Michael Robin Jackson I like to say
0: right right now uh we were at KBC at a time when KBC was a, a monster it was uh it was the number one billing station in the country, I believe. Yes, yes. Uh, Michael was the, uh, the, the showcase for
4: that station along with the Dodgers. But there and were he was the number one, and, and he was the number one billy the, the top uh, billing show on AM and held that mantle for over a decade all across the nation, WABC in New York and, and KBC here in Los Angeles. Right. Wow. And across wow. the nation, on, on two hundred other stations plus. And
0: and it was a it was a time when Michael was on there, and there was a whole bunch of other really top notch artists. Yes. And I say artists because that's yes. what
4: radio people are.
0: Doctor Tony uh, Grant,
4: uh, David Viscott, uh, the, the psychologist, uh, just the, the, that intellectual space was extraordinary like you say mike
0: yeah good morning team we had ken and bob and we had uh, uh, ray bream doing overnights an amazing broadcaster in his own right and a and a conservative the way we like conservatives to be not screaming yelling and all of that so uh so talk about a little bit just an overview of of the 40 years that you spent with
4: michael uh it was as I said to him recently, as I've said all the way th- through the years, I could best answer that question, Mike. I would say to him often, and I would look at him and I'd hug him always when I left the house, which was just uh, days before he left this earth. Uh, and I would always say to him, You gave me this wonderful life, boss. You gave me this wonderful life. And he would say, Oh, you did it. You, no, pal, you did it. And that shows the humbleness of this man, uh, and what he instilled in all of us. Uh, that is the best answer I can give. He, it, I, I do, have, I had have this humble life for on this earth because of this man, and uh, it, it, it made me a better man. It taught me this world. It taught me this frequency that uh, the, the speed, light speed, to do everything is naturally, or as he would say. Broadcasting is the art of being naturally unnatural, he would say. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? He would, yeah. he, uh, and he would say that to many of the guests. Uh, it, 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 now at 65 years old, I started with him at 26 years old. And wow. he was Hollywood. He was broadcast. He was intellectualism. He, As I like to say, the architects of the 20th and 21st century all came through that door. They wanted to be on the show uh and and so you picture that in 1983 where the world was and where we were as a people as a society he embodied that both from his home country of of britain and south africa by the way as you well know and wrote about uh richard uh and then here to his dream in in the into hollywood and to broadcast but more so in that in in that intellectual space he's very much a part of the hollywood community all the all of the uh, the studio heads listened to him, the movie stars listened to him, Ray Bozier, the scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz listened to him, We would call me, he would go, Lyle, you tell Michael that was a wonderful segment, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, that's one example, and one of my celebrated examples of the things that Michael's frequency brought to this young buck then uh, that was just in awe of it. He taught me how to produce He taught me what to do. And then I just reflected that back and have been with him for our 30 years on air. We went off in in 2008 at a combined now 40 years with Michael and his beautiful family and children and now beautiful grandchildren to carry his legacy forward. It's wonderful. The other thing that we talked about, Richard and
0: I talked about on last week's show when uh, Michael had passed and and we were, we were reminiscing at that point is the fact that we all know how great he was on the air. There was, there's no denying that we can talk, talk about that for days, but he was also technically from a radio standpoint, technically very savvy about how to work the medium of radio with the way he maneuvered, taped interviews with, live interviews in studio it made it it was theater of the mind at its finest yes. and, and and you
2: must have done some of
4: that right well and I uh, it was that when I spoke about the frequency and being at that light speed for that 30 years which still serves me now as a 65 year old man getting uh, up to do this and just getting up to live every day is here in, in the year 2022 on Earth, yes, yes, Mike and Richard, it, it, and you know it better because you watched it. So you, the the first, I said I was uh, the the frequency and the stuff. It was like it was. I call it air traffic control. That's what it was. It's what he was, and it's I was assistant air traffic control. The other and the other folks around too. So the people, you know, there's millions of people listening, but it's the host, Michael Robin Jackson. And Mike Stark in behind in, in, <laughs> in the booth, and little old me in the other booth, jumping up and down like, hey, "There's there, go go!" And we we do the hand signals, we stuff. We we could read each other's eyes, and you know, it's it's a after so long, you 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 read each other's eye movements and stuff. And of course, we have our hand signals and stuff. And <laughs> being the mischievous, brilliant boy wonder. Uh, little boy wonder in a full-grown man's body and intellect uh, that he was you know how playful he was in the studio and and the theater of the mind like you referenced Mike it was he enjoyed that and yes he had to orchestrate so much yeah and it uh, and and that was always so fascinating to me yeah no he he
0: was he was the captain of the ship and he he direct he drove the ship perfectly without a
4: doubt and not only us, may I say, you you both have been in radio in this world. There's a so we had a round between K, ABC and KLOS that, that building. But let's say just on our side, that whole building had about a hundred people in. Oh yeah, sales folks and stuff, which all, by the way, were coming in and in, in, uh, in, in, into Michael is the, the the key show. So you have all of that going on. You have all the guests, and you have us to to. And like I say, he taught he he taught me how to do this, and just reflect it back for the next. 40 years uh but but, and then you have all the interworking politics of a of the number one radio station in america the number one show and the people and the management the things doing that and the sales folks and the advertisers who all wanted a piece of our michael and like you say he did it so gracefully with all of us he made all of us feel so special and, uh, and and, and we, we all grew up. I mean, for all of us, this is like alumni. This is better than a, a class <laughs> reunion. It is, it, to be with the two of you uh, doing this and what you're doing here in the greatest uh, radio market on Mother Earth here in Los Angeles with your writings, with doing this podcast, with reflecting you today, is living proof of what he installed in all of us. Richard? Well it's funny
2: because Mike and I have talked about this before but and you worked with him all this time. I always thought that Michael just kind of he exuded class and and patience and he made things look so effortless. And you know a lot of times when you grow up listening to the radio, you might have someone that you really thought a lot about and then you finally get to meet them. And it seems like either they turn out to be the nicest people in the world which appears to be what Michael is all about or the biggest jerks in the world and you're so let down and uh and obviously we, our attitude shows that Michael was was the um the former but I'm, I'm kind of curious did he you know on the air he never did this he never spoke down to anyone did he ever even bring anyone down even off the air or was he just someone who always brought out the positive in people and always talked he,
4: about the positive he would always bring out the positive but with that with that extraordinary charm and wit while orchestrating all the things that we, we just referenced every day when we started when we started we were four hours on air we, we did nine to 11 local and then hit the network at 11 right i forgot one, right and uh and so uh uh he never I, what one of the stories I love to tell is and it was like yesterday and this is when we we're in the old building. You guys all remember the assassination of Harvey Milk, mm-hmm. Dan White, the Twinkie defense. Remember okay. that? So we're in the old studio. I'm about this in the, the late 80s and uh long after. So the more so Dan White's attorney. Was on with Michael because we had everybody right. What Michael? Michael was the voice of all of it, so that we don't. That relationship was already there. So you will remember that Dan White committed suicide years later, right? Committed suicide, and I rung up the attorney that morning. It was in the ten o'clock. It was in the ten o'clock hour. No, we did it right at the top. At nine, 9 a.m., we opened opened with it. I rung him up. I said, w- w- "Were you going with with Michael?" "Oh, absolutely." Like everyone would say to Michael. And Michael did his intro. Let him, let the attorney get into it and start defending and saying, "Well, you know, Dan was this and Dan was that, and this is a man that killed Harvey Milk, yeah. assassinated Harvey Milk in front of a, uh, then Dianne Feinstein and our senator. This is American history." And that morning, so he he let him get into it, and he said, "Sir, he said respectfully, he committed suicide. Do you think perhaps?" He ate a Twinkie last night, Whoa. and I was in the booth going, oh. <laughs> I like just jumping up and down like a little grinder monkey, uh, just for the brilliance of that, <laughs> you know. Yes. And he and he was for like, you know. So the the audience is hearing this, and imagine imagine that this is also Amer- this is American history. And and that was a day in the life off. So, in answer to your question, Rich, they um, never talked down, but but told the truth in such a beautiful, whimsical, newsworthy day. Everything that came. The most important thing to Michael was the news, not outrage radio, as I like to refer, but engage radio, teaching his audience uh they uh, and we would arrive at the studio every day at 7 6 30 7 a.m and go we would hit there at nine but back this is pre-internet pre all of these magical devices we have now and just put button bones is barely out of up and there would be the la times uh orange county register long beach telegram new york times the papers that you syndicate on now and and uh, and we would build the show, rip and read. Michael would already rip seven. He would hand me this. He said, "Try for this, pal. Try for this." And I would rip and read, and uh, and we would call people, and then. But the our, the database was so extraordinary. I but I started you know in uh, pencil and ink and. Those now, I call them the epistles. They're books like this, four, five of them over my years. Those two are going to go into the National Archives at the oh, Library wow. of Congress next to the 2,000 interviews that we put there uh, four years ago out of the 100,000s of interviews. So in answer to your question, and I'm, I know that was a long answer, uh, and uh, but uh, he was ne- he never talked down to people and he never got angry. He got out of people what uh, what the, the news from them. And yeah. they all wanted to come with him because it was not combat radio, it and, was, and it shows
2: his intelligence in doing yes. so because that's something that so many people don't get and they can't do it. Yes.
0: Now we're yes, going to talk yes. about the current state of uh, talk radio in in just a second, but uh, to follow up on all of that and 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 Michael's demeanor, did he ever have a guest walk
4: out on him or hang up on him? Um. Didn't hang up Shirley MacLaine. We had a bizarre interest in Shirley MacLaine, and but I, 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 it'll come back to me here in a second. Uh, Mort Salt. believe no, I do. Everybody would give this power. Yeah, no, nobody ever walked out on Michael. They, um, they. No, I, I would say no. Okay. We had tense moments in the studio, and <laughs> and uh, you know there was there, there was tense moments, but nobody ever walked out. on a a similar
0: question and i heard a rumor of this and i don't remember it ever happening while i was there but uh did did michael ever talk anyone down from a suicide a caller because i'd heard that that happened
4: yes we did it's gonna i have to access my little monkey mind and i'll get and i will i will return i will return to you when we come forward (laughs) <laughs> okay I'll, I'll do that <laughs> i will get that I uh, on if i let me sh- so in real time and you guys were you your los Angelinos. you know the earthquakes the most the, the 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 uh there was a san francisco quake that was 86 right the oakland uh and then uh the big north ridge here so on the network so that quake happened early in, in the morning right and we and as you both know, radio men, that the most important line of defense and survival in emergency situations is radio. Right. That because none of these devices are gonna work. We are terrestrial radio is is the most important thing. So we we were doing all the coverage and I was, you know, mayors and stuff and FEMA and James Lee Witt, who was head of FEMA and you know, and and uh, everything coming in and the whole world, we were News, it's Los Angeles, right? They'd all seen movies made about this all their lives. and Here's the big one. So we are air traffic control doing it. Michael was the master at it, and then we go, you know, we come out of that old studio, as you guys remember, and then we go into the network studio. This is and in, in the old building, and Michael, he said, "Now what?" He said, "Let's let's cover. Let's just stay with this coverage to the network." And we did, and it was. I can still picture where we were. Him right there. And the calls coming in from all over the, the United States because it was all over network news, right? It's Los yeah. Angeles. This is the of big course. one of the big. There was a big one, big one, and uh, and it was riveting. And we we got so much uh, accolades for doing that, letting people not only see it in news and in real time and hear it. Forgive me for and 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 how how a the Los Angeles community was coming together, and how we as a people. Have to to come together in 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 these in these emergencies, which are happening now, sadly, at an unprecedented rate. So that he did that. It's in, in answer to your real time questions, and there are many other real time things like that. Like, like that too. Uh,
0: one other thing, in in, a, in a, again, in an effort to find a crack in Michael Jackson, <laughs> uh, I do remember that. <laughs> he never showed it he never showed it on the air and he didn't really complain about it too much uh in the building even but spring training for the dodgers oh, boy yeah that preempted his show continuously And yes. occasionally you would see him be a little perturbed about Having his show disrupted like this, but did he ever explain? Ever uh,
4: show his frustration? to Oh yes! About that? Oh yes! Very much so. Now we, yes, absolutely, because you know, especially we were just you know going into a ratings book or something, and there was always that. And he, oh yeah, he <laughs> he would you know, it's, and the, it's one thing for the games. We we were the Dodger station. Michael and I were at all, all the opening games. Of, of uh, up in the booth with Bob Wall, you remember? Right. At, they're atop of all the stadium, going out there, getting arriving, assorted and, and all the players, and social, there, everybody. Uh, but uh, yes, so that so the, the spring training practice games that was what was so frustrating. To right. it. that being said, we as young producers kind of enjoyed the break. And we would be there doing it just in case something happened, but it was, we still came in and did stuff, but it gave us a tremendous opportunity to catch up because as you know, uh, being on Michael's show was, was you had to be at light speed. So it was always a welcome yeah. for you, well, for you guys. Yeah, it was a welcome, thing. It, I never admitted it.
0: Yeah. But, and, and he, and he never, he, he never, like I said, he never showed it on the air. He he was he was bleeding Dodger blue. Oh, you bet. End. We all
4: bled Dodger. Yeah, we did because it was a day and it was wonderful. I mean, yeah, the, But the he had to
0: be were... he had to be frustrated with all of the preemptions of his show, oh, right. and and it, it you know it was the games were at different times, so sometimes he'd be on for an hour and then be a, off, and then be back. On the network, and yeah. it was there was it it made yes. for a a a, a tough, a yes, tough did. day of broadcast. Well,
4: well, and you know what he'd do during that time? I, it, <laughs> he'd be uh, now. Can can you can you get can you call Walter Cronkite? And and uh, and he because they were planning uh, and other people in Branson, Richard Branson people, and he go, and he's planning his vacation coming up. At, you know, for to go ballooning <laughs> with Walter Cronkite. And 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 Malcolm Forbes and and uh, people like that and you know and then he they would and and would I get the house for six weeks up on Moraga Drive to you know for six weeks you know throughout the year you know different different times because I think that was what was in his contract and uh, so so, you know he was enjoying his life but let me share it with you it was so well deserved because he worked so hard as you saw there and he was. The, the the penultimate dad at home as you will as so echoed in my own mind from everything bit with all the kids that last week at the memorial and our upcoming one that will will all be together so it's a you know that he was the master of his world but a very humble humble master of his world evident of how wonderful he was to all of us and he shared things to me and he he loved sharing things about his life with his audience uh, not not in a bragging way but he would always you know M- michael came to this country in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a in a little derby as a a a, man, a young man with no money for the american dream and he found it and he echoed that and and wanted to share that with his audience just to say how wonderful america was how wonderful this democracy is and and look what it did for me. And it can do it for you too. That was really what he tried to echo every day. Uh, Mike, you, you mentioned this last week
2: and Lyle can expand on it. Um, I don't think most people knew exactly how hard he really did work. Uh, his day didn't begin at nine o'clock. His day began closer to 6 a.m. because he'd be doing the interviews. Can you kind of take us through
4: a, a typical morning? if? Uh... Yes, I'd love to. I can see it just like it was yesterday. I, I began with him in 1980. I came to the station in 1983, December, and uh, by within months he well i got to sub for him and then he asked that be placed on the show permanently and and uh and and uh i'll I'll, I'll take you my first morning soloing with him mm-hmm. uh, jeff bauer and brian green were in the other office you, you remember that in the booking office and then i was with him just just there so they you know for for weeks of training they wanted everything to go so smoothly that they would be watching me every 10 or fifteen minutes or you know, and, and he was and uh, so I got the sub for him uh, and then he would and, and get there. He got there at six. I'd get there at 630 a.m. And I'm a night monkey. So it was very hard for me. <laughs> but, but I did it. And that first morning that I worked to, was to solo with him after he uh, placed me on his show permanently, I woke up. No, no. The first morning that I've soloed with him period. I woke up in a cold sweat. I hadn't slept that whole night. My my uh, my buddy Bill Reed came into my room and he said, your whole bed is soaking wet. I was living down by the LA Coliseum. That's how nervous I was to do a good job. So I hadn't slept that whole night, went in, I got there at 6.30 and there he was. He'd already clipped his uh, the, the papers and I picked up you know, my, my section of the papers, right? And I would clip it. He'd already done it, right? He was teaching me how to do it. And uh, and we would start I'd start I would I would call and we would do our pre-tape phoners as he referred to them phoners, right? And uh, and of course people came on and we would do that, we would build it and build it, uh, and then you know the clocks watches just it's 7 30, 745, that building, the people swirling around coming in. Oh, this is gonna what's my you know th- th- that, that choreography of, of other folk and producers and and the tape folk and, and, uh, and engineers and, and everything else. And so we we're hit and he would come up out of, and I often would say, Mike, we got this, but this didn't come through that might come through at 10 o'clock. This I could get this, but I think this is already here. What do you, what do you think? And he, and he would say, go with what you got, pal, go with what you got. I, I could hear just and smile, go with what you got. And we would, Pack up from that studio and, and run into to the live studio, and bang, the music would come on. Dun 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 dun. dun. K A B C. Michael Jackson, and we, and bang, we were, we were live. And and uh, often then we would we, we we well we would start with a live interview, and uh, it was just it, that rhythm, that frequency, that. the the quickness of that is like I say, I still, I still live on that. Like you do. We're radio folks. We've got this in our blood. It doesn't go away. This frequency doesn't go away. Evident by us three older boomers now moving still at light speed with that in our, in our, in our ears.
0: (laughs) So Michael had a long run at KBC. And then if you don't mind, this is, I know this is a, a painful discussion to have, but it, it came to a point where he was moved to weekends. Can you talk about what happened in that period of time? Was it, I mean, what caused that to happen?
4: Uh, what caused it to happen was a new, our, uh, our managers that uh, had been with Michael and were there when I came and, and hired me Uh Michael Fox, not, not the, not the, the my, Michael Fox, our, our boss and uh, George, as you guys all remember. So that, that they had all been there this, in the late 70s and in the 80s. I arrived in 1983. Uh, and so let's get into the 90s. We, so uh, George and Michael are gone. We've been through two or three other program directors, people that would, you know, you know how you know how they are. You come in, they'd have no idea what's going on. Some, and that's not to disparage all of them, because some are, are very, very good. But uh, Michael knew this. He, Michael knew this business. He built KABC. He built the ABC network. That was all around him. So let's flash forward five, six program directors into it, 1998. And Michael's still in his six, late 60s, about my age now, right? And uh, mid mid sixties, and they thought, what would it be? You well, know, they wanted to move him out for for just ridiculous reasons. That day, he that when they when they uh, announced and uh, and and I'll, I'll preface it by saying this, we'd had this wonderful young man named Bill Leonard, who's my dear dear buddy and friend to this moment, uh, and has helped so much in the construction of this final not, of this tribute we're all doing to michael right now he's and in, in, uh but my bill was 28 years old i was about 38 that was 1998 uh eight and he was of course privy to the conversations going in behind you know because he was in management but there's older managers there that had just come in they had been there more than six or seven months and they got this brilliant idea to to move michael and kind of edge him out and a young bill leonard said to him in that office, I found this out later on. He said, if you, if you push Michael Jackson out of this radio station, it will be the biggest mistake you make in your radio careers. He and I so honor him for that. And 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 so I got and then eventually they pushed young Bill Leonard out. He went on to great wonderful things, by the way, just at ESPN and many other radio stations, and is flourishing to this day. as a a man but so that was what was going on behind the scenes and yes Mike I remember the day like it was yesterday we're in the new building and the news came to him in their office on a break in between the hours and Michael went back and of course they said don't say anything until we're ready to announce it Michael had 30 years there building that station he looked at he said got it on the air and he said I have some news to say I am the station here, for whatever reason, is moving me to the weekends. Affected, and I, so it was like another Los Angeles earthquake hit. We had about a hundred people in that building. Every single phone rang off the hook, including on the KLOS side, mm-hmm. and uh, and everybody coming into my business going, "What's going on? What's going? Everything they're, they're saying, "What are they doing? And that was it. That was that is what happened, and then. The cascade of ridiculousness just followed. But the beautiful thing was that all, all the people that, and the thousands of people and so many of them that, that I read the letters and would get back to, so many of them said these words. What are we going to do? I raised my kids on Michael. I've been listening since I was a kid. He, Michael Jackson has been my university all my life. What are they doing? What are they doing yeah and, and i had i had tears in my eyes and every and everything it, but uh you know for, for that day that's uh, i remember it like it was yesterday Mike.
2: And, and he still when i used to speak with him, he wouldn't yes. say anything bad about
4: them yes He'd, he wouldn't because that. yes exactly exactly richard he, he would not and because we also know You know, it's like Elton John's song from Lion King. The the world moves us all in turn. Mm -hmm. And here is a man who had, as I referenced at at the memorial, had stepped over the landmines that Hitler had left Mm -hmm. in London and knew of young friends who had been blown up. Uh, He had survived that. He had seen the world and really seen the world as this humble man with some of the people I just referenced. Uh, and, and seen so much horrors in South Africa. Uh, so, you know, he was grateful. We, we, he was grateful. He taught me that gratitude. And I still love all, all those people, even the, 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 the glories and the triumphs and the, the despair that we human monkeys all call, cause one another in this lifetime. I, you know, that philosophy that he instilled in all of us every day on air in that university lives in all of us too so you're you're yeah. right which he did not uh he never disparaged anyone and and nor shall i at this time it was painful but look look no that's that's on, uh my job and mike's job <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Because. yeah and to reference it yeah, yeah and, well, we, and we normally are we're being polite today because you're yeah, we are fly, but normally but. We, we we do not pull punches with management of radio stations no but you know
2: they, they talk about the jumping the shark thing on tv shows Yes, that was the beginning of the end of KABC as yes. an influential talk station. They've never come out of it, and it, you just look at it and you say, "My God, what were they thinking?"
0: And what what is their ratings now, uh,
4: Richard? It's like
0: one point something, point nine, one.
2: Point it
4: barely one. charts. I was over yeah. there uh, uh, about uh, about ten years ago with a new program director who was a, a dear friend. Uh, and he, and I went back in their old office there This first, time, mean, remember that building was built, built 91. It was brand new. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and he said, you know, the day that management back then and they've since been long gone sure. did did what they did with Michael. This station has never recovered. And we've tried many, many times. So that's a seg. It's, it's a, it's, a, he was, he was the legendary and, and built it all around and the, 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 uh, the art of polite news talk right intellectualism he was he did it
0: yeah, yeah. he did and it. with 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 that let's talk a little bit about where talk radio has gone since because mm-hmm. i think that's important to this discussion because michael was the the essence of what the old talk radio used to be. Now there were, there were screamers back in the old days, even before Michael Jackson, they had Joe Pine and some, some, some screamers, but generally speaking, at least at the time that Michael was uh, King at KBC, everybody there were, they were reasonable people on the air. I guess that'd be a, a good right. way to say it. Exactly. So what has happened to talk radio in your eyes, Lyle, as someone who, who, who lived through it all?
4: I thank you for that question. I've, uh, I've pondered it. I don't even have to ponder it. I knew it when it was happening, Mike. I saw then the seeds of destruction and this is called it what it is. The seeds, the seeds of hate uh, uh, being planted back there in, in the mid eighties as, uh, and it was very disturbing. And I had fore, forethought then, uh, then as a young man of what this could turn into uh, and it has turned into that we're here we are in, in January of 2022 a nation divided uh, in in so sadly uh, and uh, and it all started because it was right there you guys were there it all started with with uh, you know the, the outrage radio uh, 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 attack the other person call them names uh, the 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 I, I call it the Fox brain dittohead Gingrichization of the American Electric to to call your opponents to disparage them to dehumanize them uh, that it started then you uh, was on the front lines of it and always fearful of it did everything we could to maintain that excellence uh, with uh, of of our Michael Robin Jackson uh, in the broadcast Landscape, and deeply saddened as there were three thousand more clones of that type of radio just emerging and spreading across the land uh, like a virus. And you know, not all are are bad, but uh, it's just we you know we can all disagree without hating one another.
2: Well, and and what's funny is it's not even just that, but it was also these guys that would work cheap. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're they're just, it's almost like you can half a dozen of one, whatever. They're, They're so, they're not classy. They're not, radio doesn't want to pay talent anymore. So the likes of Michael Jackson, the intelligent person who can speak on things and be influential and all that, I don't know if there's a place right now unless that type of talk radio can come back. And so you are in an area where it's divided And I think that's why talk radio is basically dead.
0: And take the talk, uh, take the politics out of it all together. Yes, absolutely. And and you still have a situation where uh, Michael would talk about all sorts of cultural things, right? uh, Showbiz, everything else, (laughs) the future, whatever the future. Uh, But you know, now it's just politics centered, and that 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 I think is 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 boring.
4: It it is, and our exactly, Mike. Well said. If I may say this, this is one of the first things I've observed. uh, is you know, two and three years into it. Remember, let's set the scene again. This is not. This is the early '80s. Cable had just gotten launched in 1980. Come on, Eileen, and and MTV, and the things, (laughs) and see it. And uh, a man named Ted Turner out of Atlanta, CNN. You know these these things. So imagine that this is 1980. Uh, so let's flash forward to eighty four, eighty five. As you both well know, Walter Cronkite, frequent guest, Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, Barbara Walters, uh, uh, Ted Koppel, Dan Rather, all when they were in town would come in and be with Michael because they wanted to 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 be with him, right? But then I had home numbers on all of them; would call them. That was the you know because of being with Michael Jackson and that. Okay. that I developed all, all over those years, uh, but they. I say this for this reason: Michael would always ask each one of those iconic broadcasters the same question. He would ask it often, and this is in the mid '80s, right, in the early '80s, as cable was really getting its legs. Right, Michael would say, "How do you see? The, how do you see the? Broad-? He would say, "Your crystal ball, news in the future. What do you? What do you see?" with the advent of cable uh, and, and uh, they, each one of them said independently of each other, they would, you know, these are all independent interviews when they would come in or either be on the phone, but he wanted to get this in, uh, home to his audience. But each one of them answered almost the same. They would say, Michael, we are glad for there being more news. Uh, what we fear is the entertainmentization of news and even more so, that one day there won't be an editor or a, fa- a fact checker there, the for news. Now, you think of, of this, Mike and Richard, that, that that that's the mid 80s, long before these magical devices that we have in our hands now, where anyone and everyone is a broadcaster. <laughs> With no filter, no editing room, or no filter, no fact-checking room, no anything. So anyone can just outrage on these machines, send it up to the to the ethers, and like a virus, it spreads across the land. And now we this disinformation and this this place that we are in is a very very dangerous place, and that is what we, was for was for, saw in in by by these extraordinary broadcasters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what happened after KBC, because you guys yeah. continued. So where did you go from there? We, we,
4: uh, we went uh, from there to KRLA. I and, remember that. I remember. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Bob Moore and uh, Rana scarsiga were just wonderful. And it, it actually came to be just a phenomenal experience. Uh for my own self professionally. And, you know, I've been at that point, Michael been there for 30, what's uh, 28, 30 years at KBC having built it, but a good 30 years. So I've been there 17 and a half years. Uh, so it, it was, a, and, and, it, and I got another job offers, by the way, I got offered to, to come work for Share and some other amazing people, Norman Lear, my hero uh, who loved my Had called me one day, and 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 when we had gone to weekends, because he didn't know he'd never uh, dishonor Michael, but he said we uh, offered something for me on uh, the CEO, his new group, bridging the gaps between minorities and lifting up minority communities. I was so honored, and I said, said, and I, um, but uh, uh, so, but I didn't do it, and I because I knew my place was at home. With, with Michael was with, with him for who given me this life and I loved him and I loved his family the kids I've known since Devin was six Lisa was uh, four, maybe 12 uh, Alan was 14 16 you know this is the family I knew I knew where I needed to be so but so it's that to be able to still be with Michael and for us to go to another station where he was so celebrated so long, we would do our shows at the White House still. Uh, and uh, or it, was, it was just a phenomenal thing. And, and he uh, was celebrated in love. And then we went, so that lasted until that talk format as you referenced in your article went, um, went back to music. And then we went to KLAC and then uh, back to KNX where Michael started and all our friends over there, the great station. And, uh and did, did things there you know features and things and uh, then our last was kgil they're yeah. off of, uh, suburba boulevard for a year that was 2008 and that literally was uh the last the last time the last the the, the uh the last year was on on the air yeah. but uh it, you know it, the time moves us all in turn like the song sure.
0: Absolutely. Now we live in a time, there's a variety article that just came out about uh, podcasting and radio and how a lot of radio people are migrating to uh, podcasting and all of that. How do you think Michael would do as a podcast or did he need to have that two-way communication? That is a
4: wonderful question. I think uh, we, we, Live gets in your blood. <laughs> live. The, I call it the frequencies. I, I in everything I do and write and and music that I write and everything else, I'm constantly referring to the frequencies. that, that we live on that, you know, when your very word is going out to three million people live with uh in and your your decisions that you're making, either booking or being on the air. We, you, you, you guys in the studio, right? With your, everything that you do, when you know live, it's such yeah. a beautiful, amazing thing. And uh, answering your question, Mike, he he would, uh, it, it, you know, he was a master. Michael was a master performer. Yeah, he had music in him. He had extraordinary comedy in him, and. Uh, and, and and it was a performer. I would always say, you can say He said, no oh, pal. I don't sing. I said, he was a wonderful singer. He he would he would, you know, he would he he performed in everything. So in answer to your question, he would have done wonderful on a podcast, and you there there uh, uh, and and flourish with it. Yeah. To to uh, I'd love to share this story. It kind of dovetails into to, to, so we twenty fifteen. We had a wonderful uh, engineer, Philippe Oshbahn, that. Uh, Came from uh, and he was head of tech out at the at Northridge College, at and, uh, and uh, so he came for two and a, almost three years, and we set up in Michael's study on Moraga, set up huge equipment. Philippe brought over, and we spent two and a half years going through all the tapes, bringing them up from the basement. I brought in stuff from my archives, uh, and we got things from everywhere, and we put 2,000 of those interviews into the national, we recorded them, digitized them that are now at the, at the uh, Library of Congress, but here's two so, to Michael's comedy, so it's, I'm, I'm I, it brought them all up, you know, for days, and then, so, we, and then we were, we, I was categorizing everything all over that beautiful study, tapes over here, tapes over here, this, you know, tapes, in in every format including some old acetate stuff that he had done back in the 60s and we had everything massively did it out so I'm going and my old notes that I had taken in the 80s and 90s and all his amazing notes but so he uh, there was one tape of Colonel Sanders I said I said boss I said there's one tape I said uh, he died early didn't he And, and Michael said no pal right on time (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> right on time. Right on time. And we burst out laughing, Philippe and, and I just like the two of you doing Mike, and, and and that was, and it was, we were back, and and so it answered your question. He we, that was still him, and I'll share with you. And these, you know, he he left us on April fifteenth on Saturday morning at two a.m., and I awakened at two at six a.m knowing that these were the last hours and, uh, and went into full gear uh, with press releases and getting it all out. And he was right here going, go with what you got pal. Go with what you got. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have the honor here 40 years later uh, to do this with him, for him, and uh, with him on my shoulder and in my ear you know, doing this for these last weeks and still, and still doing it. I had an extraordinary dream about him this morning. And uh, I, uh, it was so realistic. And uh, he, I mean, all night I dreamed it. And it was colorful and tactile at the house. And we were doing the tapes and just, it was, it was like the whole 30 years of the homes that have been in They were all there together. The kids were there just like we were there last week for the memorial at the house. And here's the remarkable thing about it. And this speaks to his frequency out there now in that ever more powerful frequency and the frequency that live in you, Mike and Richard and and my own little humble self. So this dream lasted all night. I could feel, I could touch, I could see everything, the book that I picked up last week and stuff and stuff. All of it there, and 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 Alan and I were talking, and he said, "Wow, go over and he said, look in, into the to the, the case there." And I got down on the floor and I opened up the white, and all these photo albums. And I went, "Wow, yes, I remember this, I remember that," and right then I woke up and reached over for our magical device to check the time, and there was. The message from Alan, the text, Lyle, there's photos come back over that I want you to have. I know Dad would be thrilled for you to have these photos and these things. Extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. I out loud say, Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Because I believe in that spiritual math of the universe, those frequencies. Uh, that you both lived on that we lived on that happened this very day, this January 25th, 2022 at eight 30 this morning. Wow. And that's sweet.
0: That's a great way to, to end things up. And, and I think um, I want to, I want to find out what your
4: plans are from this point on. That's very kind of you. I threw through. through uh, I am. Uh, I, my dear cousin, brother, Tavis Smiley, who, you know, well, uh, and his amazing frequency that came as a young, brilliant Tavis Smiley to our studios in the early 90s. We've we we've been, as we've referred to each other, cousin brothers. We can now uh, shorten that to CB, CB. Uh, Tavis launched uh, KBLA 1580 AM All Talk, the first all-Black-owned and operated radio station in the history of the great state of California, and the only one west of the Mississippi. We launched on Juneteenth just two days after President Biden made uh, Juneteenth a national recognized day that it is, with 30,000 people outside the station in Lamert Park, and uh, and we went live at midnight that night. So I'm uh, Tavis' uh, creative consultant and producer, and as I said to him when we turned that station on, my dear brother, the whole world, the 400 years of our your ancestors and old abolitionists like myself have waited and dreamed of a Tavis Smiley, and what you're doing brings 400 years of voices into these young voices now in the Smiley Audio Media Archive and out into the world. So long after we're gone, we look back and see that. So I am doing that. Thank you. And also, my Broadway musical and writings which takes place out in the universe uh much of which I recorded many years ago and you will hear in the characters of those voices are Michael Jackson and so many of them because it's a very whimsical piece it's very whimsical it's taken 25 years of my life to do it and uh you will hear Michael reflected in that work as you're both will be there with us as we hopefully launch here in the next uh year and 24 months will you come be with us and you will you'll see it all reflected that intellectual universe that our michael robin jackson gave us well lyle
0: we can't thank you enough it's been a great time uh chatting with you about all of this and uh i sense that we're going to have you come back if you'll you'll i'd be honored i'd be be, honored to be on your frequencies to to (laughs) talk about any number of things because clearly you have a a good foundation for discussion of a lot of different things so we'd love to have you back with us absolutely great Great pleasure thank you now we're going to close the show today with another clip from my michael jackson archives (laughs) uh, which i think is going to be fun to listen to and uh, we will be back next week with more radio waves
4: see you mike
3: thank you This is Talk Radio, a forum for new thoughts and fresh ideas, a place to learn, and an opportunity to express yourself. Get involved with our newsmakers and our newsbreakers of today and tomorrow. Talk Radio, invites your participation. Talk Radio is... Michael Jackson. Hello there. I am Michael Jackson. This is Talk Radio. Happy to be with you on this Friday, the 15th day of June. Let me describe the gentleman with me. Uh, To meet him, you'd never guess who he is and what he's done. He's um, a quiet, elegant gentleman who runs marathons, happens to be a vice president of ABC Radio. But he has also in the past been the program director of stations, biggies like WMGM, WINS, WABC, which he built into the most listened-to station in the nation. This quiet adjunct professor of communication arts at St. John's University is a man who helped format, was in the forefront of the rock radio revolution. His name is Rick Sklar, who has, with a fine book called Rocking America, told the story of the rise of all hit radio, Top 40. He was with it and a very active part of all the changes in the boom years of American um, music radio from its inception or birth back in 1954. Yes, pops, it's 30 years old when Alan Freed's Rock and Roll Party first aired in New York uh, on WINS through the 60s and Beatlemania to the current Resurgence, So as Casey might say, welcome all you finger poppin' daddies as we pick them up and lay them down on the boss of the bay. And that takes me back. A little later, I'm sure Casey Kasem will call through, and um, Dan Ingram, and maybe you're a rock jock somewhere, or were, or just somebody who grew up with the music and loved it, or maybe a parent who hates it. Our guest is Rick Sklar, our subject, if you care to speak of rock, the history of rock and radio, DJs, music, whatever. Welcome, sir. Good to have you with us.
1: Oh, delightful to be here. Why 40? Why was it top 40? What was magic about that number? Well, the number really wasn't magic, and as it became refined on WABC, we got it down to 20 records and sometimes a dozen and a half current records. But the original 40 records were the capacity of a jukebox in the early 1950s.
3: And did the records have to be particularly short so you could get plenty of them in?
1: Traditionally, at that point in time, records were not more than two and a half minutes or uh, three minutes once in a while. And then there were the days of payola. When were they? Well, that was going on, I gather, in the uh, late 1950s, because it came out and uh, broke out into public and uh, to an investigation in 1959 and 60. Which, I mean, does that form of radio make money? I oh, know yes. it gets listeners.
3: Well, Well, besides selling pimple
1: cream, what else can it do? When it's done properly, as we did it on WABC, it was not just the number one teen station. WABC was number one in men, number one in women, and even once in grandparents.
3: Really? Yes. You know what I'd like to do is is turn back to the Halcyon days and have you hear a little bit of what WABC was all about.
1: A little because they're young action, Dwayne Uh Eddy. Doma, Duane, Eddie. Right after another first edition from Action Central News, we're gonna have Freddie and the Dreamers, number four. I'm telling you now. I'll be daddy, I'll